Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching today, your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. We're going to continue our third part to this series entitled... The, uh, the divine order of God or the law of divine order. And uh, we're going to start in Genesis. I'm going to go back to Genesis. And we're going to start in Genesis chapter 1. The reason why I want to cover this is because uh, too many, uh, you know, being in the ministry all of my, been in and around it all my life. And in it uh, longer than I... Well, a long time, decades. I find that people have no understanding about God. And one of the greatest lies of the devil is to get you not to think God doesn't want you to understand him, which is a bald-faced lie. That's a religious lie. And the reason why the preacher preaches that is because he don't understand God himself. Well, that went really good. God wants you to understand. There's not a single person in the sound of my voice that doesn't want to be understood. Where do you think that desire came from? Came from God. You want to be understood. And, and, and if, if I can't ask God questions to get him to understand, who can I ask? God will make you understand if you really want it. Now, I am going to tell you this. He is probably going to cross all kinds of preconceived ideas you've had. You've got to leave that stuff outside the door and let the Word of God come alive. Okay? You've got to be teachable. And I don't care how long you've been around, including myself, you've got to be teachable. All right? Genesis chapter 1. Father, we thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge. What we find in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Now who created it? God did. And the earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now let's stop there just a minute. The Bible says that every good, James puts it like this, every good and perfect gift comes from God. And there is no variableness or shadow of turning within him. You can find that in the book of James. And you say, we're at in James. Read the whole book and do you good. <laughs> right. But James says that. Every good and every perfect gift comes from... What kind of gift? Good and what? Perfect. That means it's complete. It cannot be improved upon. Is that true? All right. If, if God gives every good and perfect gift when he created the heaven and the earth it was it was flawless i mean god doesn't create junk okay but something happened between verse 1 and verse 2 because the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep now god doesn't work in the dark the bible says that god is light So where did this darkness come from? Where did this uh, uh, 
voidness come from? And that word void, it, you go into studying, it means confusion. Just like what our society is in today. And this is not just in the United States, it's around the world. This chaos, this thing that has jerked us around for the last two to three years. In fact, the seeds of it have been sown for generations. And now this is the time where God is manifesting every seed that is sown. And a lot of times God's people don't pick up on that. They act like it just came out of nowhere. No. It, 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 it was, it's been sown and now it's time for it to manifest. Now, at the same time, the good side, and I'm like Pastor Zona, I look at all the things that, you know, I'm kind of analytical, you know. I like to look at stuff and I like to, you know, think. I, I do wish more people would think. But you can overthink it. Okay? But we, we've got to grasp a, an understanding here. God did not create the earth without form and void. He didn't create the darkness. Darkness is the absence of light. Okay? He didn't create confusion. Confusion is the absence of order. And you'll notice what he does. The Spirit of God, or uh, uh, the darkness was upon the face of the, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Another translation says he hovered. Do you know that the Spirit of God is looking at all the chaos and confusion that people are in right now, and he's hovering right there? He's not off, he's not off in forgottenness, he's right there, ready. But a person has to become willing. Now, there's one other thing I want to point out here. You must choose him. I can't make you. You can't make me. I can't make you be vaccinated, and I can't make that decision for you. Somebody's asking me that question. What did you? What difference does that make? I can't make you get vaccinated and you can't make me not get, I mean, not get vaccinated. It's not a matter, a matter of that. It's a, it's a level of faith and understanding and it also has to do with you. You've got to follow peace and that's what we're going to go to. Confusion is the absence of that peace, that harmony. You follow me? Now watch, watch carefully. Notice after the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep, God said. Now, the first thing he said is let there be light. God lets you know he operates in the light. He's not operating in the darkness. He's not operating in confusion. He operates in the light, and there was light. Now, stop here just a minute. This is not the moment in which God created the sun, the moon, and the stars. We don't see that till the fourth day. Everybody with that? Now, there's a reason why I want you to get this. These are the foundations. If you get this foundation, then you're going to understand that in the middle of this chaos, you can have understanding and peace. Amen. But if you don't get a foundation of this, you're going to be emotional driven and you're going to be jerked around. And you won't be able to distinguish the truth. 
the light that he was talking about here is there's two kinds of knowledge that operate in the earth. Jesus put it like this. He said, if thine eye be evil, thy whole body is full of darkness. If the light that is in you is, uh, is, is light, then your whole body is full of light. In other words, if it's, if it's not darkness, what is he talking about? He's talking about revelation knowledge or knowledge, understanding. And when man sinned in the Garden of Eden, it plunged all of humanity into a place of not understanding. And Proverbs tells us, if you're going to operate in the wisdom of God, you've got to get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. God wants you to understand. He's not trying to keep you in the dark. But you have to allow the Word of God to talk to you instead of coming to God with preconceived ideas. You've got to let Him teach you. And, and I... I, I <laughs> Everybody, everybody still love Jesus? Okay, I just want to make sure. I know you're quiet, but I want to make sure. I know I come across as a drill sergeant sometimes. That's okay. I'm trying to prepare you. Okay? I don't want to be called at 3 o'clock in the morning. And, and, and I've had it through the years, and I've told everybody through the years, listen, I like sleep. Your pastor is not your God. The pastor is supposed to train you. That's what I'm here to do. So if I act like a drill sergeant, just suck it up, buttercup. Okay? Because there's coming a time where no pastor can intervene for you. He can't intervene for you. My dad used to put it like this. There's so many Christians that like to hitchhike off of somebody else's faith instead of getting to know their God for themselves. I'm here to train you. In fact, you're in training for reigning, my friend. You're not in training to be subject to the lies of the devil. Okay. So the light that he was talking about here is creating, he's going to create things in the light. He's not going to deal with darkness. That's the first thing he establishes. Now, yes, yeah, you begin to read this, and eventually we're going to get through verse 19. But right now, I want to establish something with you. God wants to give you his revelation knowledge. When you have revelation knowledge, you start putting things in order. That's the nature of God. God started putting things in order as you begin to read this. He said, light be. In other words, he said, darkness now has taken over and has created all this confusion, but I'm going to start putting things back in the way that I created them to be. And I'm saying, light, you're going to dominate. Are you following? Everybody with that? So when you, get, when you get that understanding, you're also going to get a parallel truth here that applies to an individual's life. You see, God created you in his image and in his likeness. But when you were born into the earth, you were born and shapen in iniquity. doesn't mean God created that. That came through the fall of Adam. 
And it means that the nature of sin lies within you. Babies have it. They're in a state of innocence. How many of you notice that if you just leave a child to himself, they grow selfish, self-centered. They're little brats. Then they grow up to be big brats. You follow me? Why? Because the nature of that darkness in sin is the nature of the devil. Okay? And that nature unchecked creates not only chaos in the individual's life, but chaos in everything it touches. Because that's darkness in their understanding. My dad used to say it like this, and I'm going to quote him. Because he was not only my dad, he was my pastor for many years. And it's worth repeating. What makes a pig wallow in the mud is the nature of the pig. I learned this years ago when I was in FFA. For all of you city slickers don't know what that means. It means future farmers of America. And, and uh, to have a project, we had a project with, with, that we had to have, and the project was raising and showing uh, some kind of animal. Guess what I chose because it was cheap? Pigs. And I had the first pig that I ever had to show was a Yorkshire pig. Now, if you don't know what that is, that's the white ones. Now, don't let them fool you. Just because they're white don't mean they're not a pig. <laughs> this is what we'd do. We would, to show them, we would shave them. You'd, go, you'd give them a haircut. And then we would give them a bath. We'd scrub them down real good. And, and guess what? I was stupid. I chose a white one. <laughs> I'd scrub it down real good. And then guess what? I said, now, Ronnie, put powder on them. Because it makes all of it stand out. And, and when you go to show pigs, there's so many pigs in the arena that you're trying to get the attention of the judge. So that was the purpose of it. But you know what? After we, we shaved them and then we washed them and then we threw powder on them and we gave them a little f- food and water. You know what they're trying to do? Turn over the water so they could wallow in it. The whole point is the nature of the pig. So the fallen human nature is the nature of the devil. And what it does, it creates a darkness in understanding. Have you ever found out why it's so difficult to communicate with people? It's because we're each in the dark. Wow. Why do you think God gave us the nature of Jesus to forgive one another? There, somebody needs to let something go here today. You're hanging on to it. And the more you hang on to it, and the more you get stirred up about it, the more you're going to yield to the fallen human nature that's going to come back and bite you in the butt. It's going to come back. And when it bites, it ain't going to have mercy. That's why Jesus is talking about forgiveness. It's his nature. It's the first law of God. Now, I want to give you this. 
And then I want to establish something with the first law of God is order. Now, people have heard a lot of things taught about in church about law and grace. The problem with that is we've made grace and law to be opposite forces, and the Bible does not teach that. Law is the proper use of something. It has a rule. You cannot play football with basketball rules. Those rules are st st those rules are in place so you can play legally. When I say legally, don't get legalism in your mind. It means to operate in a flow. God, God develops systems. He works in system. He creates system. There's the solar system. The, in your own human body, there's not only just the solar system uh, 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 that's in, in the creation, but your body has systems. There's the digestive system. There is the respiratory system. There's the circulatory system. When all of those systems operate the way they're supposed to, you have health. But when those systems are... Uh, uh, Chaos is thrown into them, and they have a malfunction. It creates sickness, okay? So those, those systems have laws. Those laws put things in proper order to maximize or, how would I say, have efficiency in operation. See, when you think of law, you think of violating uh, uh, on your way to church, the speed limit. And you don't like speed limits. The purpose of the speed limit and the, and the uh, uh, green and yellow lights and all that kind of stuff is because it's set there for a law for operating maximum sufficiency. A car accident is because a wrench has been thrown into uh, 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 those law, that system. You follow me? Everybody with that? So God operates in a system. And, and the devil comes along to create confusion in any system that God created. So that he can destroy, he wants to destroy the plan of God. Now we know that God's going to have his word fulfilled. It's never been a question of that. It's always been a question is who is he going to use to fulfill it? You need to wake up about right there. See, God's going, when people say God's in control, he may be in control of the final outcome, but is he in control of you? Wow. That real, went real good. Oh, man, I could get really heavy right here. <laughs> Another big lie in this confusion that we've understood. If something happens on earth, then it must have been the will of God. Now, that is totally a lie. Did not read Genesis. Did not God tell Adam and Eve, don't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Did they do it? 
the will of God was not done in the Garden of Eden. God didn't want that to happen. That's why he drove them out. He said, you violated it. Now I can't let you eat of the tree of life. Can you imagine if God would have allowed Adam and Eve after they ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil to eat of the tree of life? That meant man would live forever in the state of confusion. Sound like hell to me. Woo, man. Getting heavy duty now. I can feel it. James says there's two kinds of wisdoms. And God wanted man to be operating in his wisdom, not this dark wisdom that's influenced by the lies of the devil. Now, let's jump over here real quickly because I want you to see something. When we come to Jesus, we came in a confused mess. Now, did God create us that way? No. But we came. There's not a person in the sound of my voice that had their act together to come and came to God. We all didn't have our act together. Is that right? How many of you had your act together? I, I was perfect. That's why I presented myself to God. No. You didn't have your act together. You were a mess. You were in darkness and without form and void. God been hovering over you for years. God sent somebody to witness to you. You rejected them because you were in darkness of understanding. He kept sending people, kept sowing those seeds. And guess what? That one day you finally came to your senses, your spiritual sense, and your understanding. I am a mess. What does God start doing? The first thing he does when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, he does forgive you of the mess. But then he starts setting things in order. Do you know the first thing that happened? This Jesus told this uh, uh, to Nicodemus in the book of John. You know what he told him? He said, you must, you must be born again. Now, what does that mean, born again? That means your spirit needed to be reborn. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I'll be reading out of the King James, verse 23. And the very God of what? Peace. Do you know what peace means here? It means harmonious. Like a symphony coming together. How many of you ever been a day late and a dollar short? Rest of you lying. Everybody's been there. Dang it, man, I missed that. How did I miss it? Because we were trying to operate in an understanding trying to get a, that was darkened, trying to get God results. Any, man, any person that's anti-God is trying to get God results without God. Well, and it doesn't matter whether it's on a national level or on, a, on an individual level. In a marriage. You know, I don't, God, Pastor Ronnie, I, my marriage is not working. I said, okay, does your spouse want to come talk? Uh, no, I can't get him to come to church. Probably because of you. 
Because, see, you want me to take a 15-pound Bible and slap them upside the head when you haven't even used it on your own head. <laughs> I know, that sounds good. The reason why I know so much is Pastor Zona had to help me understand, quit using the Bible on me and wake up to yourself. <laughs> it took me waking up three weeks in a row on a couch to understand that. But here's, <laughs> God begins to set things in order. God designed you. Watch this. He's the God of peace, harmonious, symphony, lifestyle. Watch this. And the God of peace sanctify you. That word sanctify means to purify internally in renewing the soul. But notice what he starts with. He, he's going to let you know. He's going to work and start putting your soul in order. Now, what is your soul? Your soul is your mind, the way you think, your will. You know, there's some Christians that are unwilling. Your will and your emotional makeup. Those three things together operate for your decision-making process. All of those, listen very carefully, all of those are programmable. You know, when I was a kid growing up, I hated squash. I couldn't stand the taste of it. I'd gag. I'd, I'd wait until it was the last day, little bit in, my, in our house. You got to eat something of everything on the table. You didn't get to pick and choose. All I want is mashed potatoes and gravy. You had to either, uh, so I'd wait until the last, which is the most stupid thing you could do. You wait until you're full and then try to gag squash down. But you know what? Over the years, my taste buds changed. And you know what else? I like squash. I could eat squash by itself. Now, here's my point. My point is, those areas are programmable. Now, is the darkness that we talked about in Genesis programming those three things? You follow that? If they are, then guess what? You're going to wind up making the same choices, the same decisions, and being the same confusion as the world. And the Bible says in Corinthians that the devil is the God of this system, this worldly system. And there's been many Christians that have stayed in the state of confusion. There are many Christians that are confused right now. They don't even know where to get their information. They're getting it from CNN, ABC, CBS, who lies like a dog. They are not news media. They are propagandists. And people believe it, hook, line, and sinker, and they don't know why their emotions are jerked around. They're jerked around because you're letting that darkness program that area of your life because that's where the decisions are made. Now, watch carefully. He said, I, I sanctify you wholly or completely. That means to renew your soul. 
your, I pray your whole, watch this, and it's in, it's in a proper order here. I pray your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It says right here, if we allow God to begin to put our lives in order. When I say our lives, I'm not just talking about your everyday life. It includes that. But your everyday life is going to go to the pattern of what your soul has been programmed. Okay? That you are what you think. Now listen very carefully. I'm going to say this with all gentleness. But the body of Christ has got to hear this. Quit focusing on the color of skin. Jesus resolved that. If you let the world, they're going to keep you in racism. They're going to keep you stirred in the area of emotion, your will and your thinking, and you're going to make choices the way the world does. Right? And you say, well, Pastor Ronnie, you're getting emphatic with, I, I told you I was a drill sergeant. Your whole spirit, soul, and body. The Bible says that we, re, you can read this in Genesis for yourself, first three chapters, and do you good to be reading it and studying it yourself. He said, we were created in the image and likeness of God. God is a triune being. Okay? And I don't have time to go into that. Maybe one day I will, but... He's a triune being. He's one person, but he has three different offices or functions. Okay? Your being is a triune being, just like God, in the image and likeness of God. You are a spirit, number one. You have a soul, and you live in a body. God formed man out of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Okay? When, you, when Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden, they still had a spirit, but the spirit, according to Proverbs 20, 27, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Searching all the inward parts of the belly are the center of your being. When Adam and Eve fell in the garden, the candle was still there, but the light went out. And now darkness filled the spirit. Okay? How many of you ever had to get up real quickly in the middle of the night out of a very restful sleep in the dark, and guess what? You stomped your toe on the corner of the bed. And I'm sure you said, hallelujah. Okay. What happened? You're in the dark trying to remember. You're, you're in a state of confusion. You just woke up. Something abruptly woke you up, and you're in the dark. You can't see where everything's at, and you're trying to fumble around. Do you know that that's where a lot of humanity is today? They're alive, 
physically and emotionally, but they're stumbling around in the dark trying to figure this thing out. God, where is everything? The Bible says that the blind lead the blind, they all fall into the ditch. Okay? That's why you want men and women in public office that have a born-again experience. Because they're being led by the Spirit of God. Now, the Bible says in, in, in uh, the book of uh, Psalms 119, verse 105, that the, uh, the well, let's just turn there. It ain't going to hurt you to turn there. They've already got it up there, but let, let's just turn there. And by the way, if you're going to use electronic device, use it for this. Don't you be fooling around playing games while I'm talking. <laughs> Psalms 119, verse 105. The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Okay? Now, let's stop, let's stop for, for just a minute. I want to use this illustration again. We ended it like last week on this, but I want you to get it. If we were to turn out all the lights in this building, all the lights, and you, you have something you got to deal with. In other words, you had one of those emergency things. You know what I mean? And uh, you're trying to find your way in the dark. You can have the candle all you want. This candle will not. It will not shed any light on anything. Because the candle's darkened. But when it's lit, well, yep, that's about like some Christians I know. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's been me at times where it took a little while to get it through here. But now if the light goes out, if there's a darkness in this room, the word of God, see, Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. They're spirit, okay? God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Why is he saying? That's why you must be born again to even see the kingdom of God. What does that mean? Your spirit has to be reborn and you must desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Your spirit grows. It's starting to be filled with the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. So when all the confusion and darkness is around you, you have a light that can guide you through all the midst of this nonsense and get yourself in order and keep yourself in order. That's about well. <laughs> Words have a way of snuffing out the flame. I didn't do that on purpose. But the words of our mouth. Pastor Zona mentioned that. Start with the words of your mouth. Yes, amen. Here we are putting words in our own mouth that are nothing. They're filled with darkness. 
You're agreeing with the devil. You're agreeing with the world. You're agreeing with your own fallen human nature. And as a result, the word of God cannot light your spirit. Your spirit has to have the word of God like your natural body has to eat. Many of us eat three squares a day and snacks in between. And we want the word of God only on Sunday. Then you want to know why when temptation, pressure comes, persecution comes, why you're weak and confused. Now, And I'm not accusing you of that because you're here today. But what I am saying, there's been many people. I've done it to myself. This, it, I had just because I'm born, was born in a pastor's home from a pastor, and and and, uh, and lived in a pastor's home doesn't mean anything. I mean, sin can abound inside this building. Well, wow. I mean, we make we make jokes about it. Well, you know, the church held up. Well, the church don't, this building don't care what's in it. We could have a big dance and beer bust in here. This building doesn't decide nothing. We decide what kind of presence we want in here. See, your spirit, listen very carefully, God designed you to be spirit-led. Now, when I say that, we're talking about your, your born-again spirit at this moment. You're spirit-led. You're, if you're led by the Spirit because you're in fellowship with your Creator, okay, it lights your spirit man to see and understand when darkness is all around you, you can absolutely avoid the lies of the devil. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? You can discern it. The Bible says that the word of God is alive, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, and is a discerner Amen. of your thoughts and intents, but not just yours, somebody else's. When you start being word-fed, you will become spirit-led. But you cannot. I've seen Christians that were not word-fed, and they come and they think that, that spirit-led means, <laughs> and they call that being spirit-led. No, that calls, that, that's just because you got plugged into the electricity. I guarantee you I'll act like a fool if I stick my fingers into that outlet over there. <laughs> so don't misunderstand. Don't mis- Spirit-led means that your life is being ordered by the Word of God. Revelation knowledge now is beginning to fill your spirit. And now your spirit, listen carefully, not your fallen human nature is beginning to affect your choices and your discerning of those choices. Do you follow what I'm saying? As a pastor, I've seen so many people do this through the years. They wait until they're desperate to show up and then they want me to pray a, a, a magic prayer. 
to straighten out a lifetime of foolishness. It does not work that way. God will be merciful if you will be sincere. But you cannot, you, and, there's, and there's where so many people are falling into that trap Today, when there's so much chaos and confusion everywhere, you don't know who to... This is so important that you and I be spirit-led. Where God can help us to discern where we're at, where we're going. See, years ago, I heard a preacher put it like this. I want to be under the spout where the glory pours out. What does that mean? That means I want to be, be led by the Spirit of God. If there's been some foolish choice that I have made, Father, I want you to correct me. That's part of being Spirit-led, by the way. I want you to instruct me. I want, I want you even to rebuke me if necessary, but don't let me live the life of a fool. And begin, and begin to help me to understand, and I don't have to make that stupid choice no more. Now that, listen carefully, my friend, is grace. Grace will teach you. And he goes on, and admonish you, Titus says, to live righteously, soberly in this present world. It's Titus, I believe, chapter 1, verse 8. If it's not there, read the whole book of Titus. Here, here's what I, I, I'm, I'm trying to wrap this up. God designed man to live after the spirit. God is a spirit. You fellowship him spirit to spirit. And he'll begin to instruct you, train you, develop you to where you can be led of the spirit. We're so many times at the wrong place at the wrong time, doing the wrong things. But there is a time that God says, and you find it in the book of Ecclesiastes where I, uh, I use this terminology, taught on it for nearly two years here, and I'm going to keep bringing it up. It's called serendipity. Serendipity is where you're at the right place at the right time and the glory's poured out and everything comes together and you can't tell how it happened, right? We heard that testimony just a couple of weeks ago where Raphael, I mean, he's been a car salesman for a long time. He's, you know, above average. Selling, you know, 15, 20 cars a month. But now God's positioned him where he's selling 60 cars a month. And he can't take credit for it. Now see, that's being under the spout where the glory comes out. That's being at the right place at the right time. That's not trying to do what I want done and try to come to church to get God to bless me in what I am doing. Instead of it's finding out what God's doing and getting in a position to be where God's at and what he's doing. Are you following what I'm saying? 
There's a big, big difference. And God's talking to his people more and more to the body of Christ in these times. This is our serendipity moments, but you have to be spirit-led and let God begin to bring your life into his order. When you do so, you can have heaven on earth in the midst of hell all around you. But we've got to understand that. And we've got to begin to position ourselves. Let God develop us and grow us up. Because the Bible says when Jesus returns, he's coming for a glorious church. He's not coming for a church that's hiding out because they're biting their finger. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Look at your fingernails and you just paid to have them put on and you chewed them all off. No, he's the God of peace. What did he say? And the God of peace will set you apart, sanctify your mind, your will, and your emotions. Last thing, I told you I was trying to quit, but I, I got to get this to you. The Bible says, I believe it's in Psalms chapter 37, makes this statement. And God will give you, if you will, Trust him. He'll give you the desires of your heart. For years when I was naive or, let me say it this way, when I was uh, not mature, immature, I'd, say, I'd, go, I'd go to God and say, God, this is what I want. You said you'd give me the desires of your heart, of my heart. And so I'd come up with a desire and I'd bring it before God and God out of his Mercy and grace and looking at me with, uh, <laughs> with you immature. But we're going to grow you up. He'd, he'd answer some of those. But that verse really has to mean if you trust God with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, he would give you the desires of your heart. You cannot even trust your own desires. You have to allow God to replace your desires with his desires. And here's what I mean. Fallen human nature is sensual. The wisdom that operates in this world is sensual, earthly, and devilish. If you are sensual driven in your decisions and in your emotions, your thinking and your will, it will drive you to an unhealthy lifestyle. I knew that was going to go over real big. Here's what I mean. That sensual appetite will have you to act like an animal. It's the thing that will drive you to eat a whole pie in one setting and wish you had another one you could eat. Don't look at me like you have no idea what I'm talking about. Okay? Every dog that I ever fed 
especially if there was two of them, would eat until they threw up. How many of you ever ate the whole thing and had to call for Rolaids? <laughs> I can't believe I ate the whole thing. What is that? That's that sensual nature. Okay. You don't have to have seconds, thirds, and half a fourth. You got to bring discipline to your body. Now, I love you. Regardless of what you believe right now, I'm loving you. You have to discipline yourself. God designed you to live in divine health, not to always need a healing. Okay? And if you're going to live long and strong, it's your responsibility, not God's. He has given you everything in his word if you will take it seriously. Be diligent about it. He'll start helping you to put things in order. That desire that's fallen human nature is designed by the devil to get your body in a state of chaos. Till your systems are out of whack. Then we want to roll to the doctor and get him or her to give us something to get it straightened out. They can only do what they can do. They cannot bring health to your body. How, much, how many of you want to know how I know so much? You all missed that. <laughs> Quit looking to the government and the medical community who's in a state of confusion right now. Start looking at the Word of God. Start eating what the Bible says to eat. Brother Ronnie, you're getting, you're picking on me. You're picking on me. Stay in chaos. And I'm going to say this, and then I am going to close. Stand your feet. Stand your feet. This is a serious moment. <clears throat> oh, Jesus. I'm trying to say this. I want to be kind. But you need to hear the truth. There's some of God's people that should have never, they died before their time. You believe in another lie. It must have been their time to go. Look at me and listen carefully. The promises of God said you can live long and strong. But you have to be spirit-led. If not... The devil will jerk your chain until you desire the wrong things and you make a lifestyle out of it. 
until you check out before your time. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Doesn't even belong to you. Belongs to God. You're to honor God with your body. That means start investigating. Start finding out. And it's, a, it's diligence. And I'm not going to tell you it's easy. Because I like donuts. I mentioned that a few weeks ago. Somebody, they didn't take me seriously. They thought I was clowning around. And wanted me to come see them. Said, we got donuts. Now listen, I, I, I'm saying this with all, I, I am being sincere with you. We're in a desperate situation and it's time for the body of Christ to grow up. God needs your body in order to fight the devil here. And he can't do it if you keep abusing it. God will heal you Healing is necessary for when something's broken. But health is wherever things running in a fine, uh, uh, smooth, uh, uh, organized uh, system. Thank you. <laughs> system. You got problems in a certain area, begin to investigate it. Don't just leave it up to the doctor. We go in there, we want a shot, we want a pill, and guess what? We come out of there and we go right back to the thing that caused it. You can whip this coronavirus if you'll get your immune system in order. If you need healing, I'm going to pray. God's going to heal you. But don't just take that as a temporary fix. Use it as an opportunity now to get your act together. And I don't mean you're going to do this by yourself. I've had to pray, God, help me. I want a donut. <laughs> the problem with me eating a chocolate-covered donut, I'm going to eat six. You follow me? That's the reason why I, when I go, go past in Walmart and I go right by that bakery and I, Jesus! <laughs> you follow me? But your spirit, because you've had fellowship with God, becomes strong enough that it overrides the lie of that appetite. Are y'all following what I'm saying? This is wisdom today. Father, I thank you right now. For every person that needs healing, you are the healer. Jesus, you took stripes on your back for our healing. We lay hold of that by faith. We're not going to live a submissive life to the spirit of sickness and infirmity. We're going to live a spirit-led life that is a healthy life. But Father, you've seen the past mistakes and you're here to forgive us and help us to set this in order. 
You spirit of sickness and infirmity that's taken advantage of us through fallen human nature, I come against you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus through the merits of the cross and the power of his resurrection. I command you in the name of Jesus, pain, all symptoms to go from their body. Father, we thank you right now. Glory to God that heaven's heard and begin to flood their spirit with the cure in the name of Jesus. Lord, we give you the praise. We receive it by faith. We tell you, thank you, Jesus, that by your stripes we are the healed. We live by faith in that and we won't draw back. Glory be to God. Oh, hallelujah. He's worth giving a praise right now for that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Father, I thank you. If there's any person that doesn't know you in this auditorium or through live stream, you drew them by your spirit here. And because you have, Father God, you, you want them to come to the knowledge of the truth. Help them to yield to your calling and your beckon. Father, we thank you right now that as they believe with their heart and confess you with their mouth that they would be saved and your spirit, glory to God, would recreate their spirit. Glory to God. And if that's you, listen carefully, the next step, if you've made, if you said, I did that under my breath, Pastor Ronnie, if you did that, you need to take the next step. For Jesus said, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father, which is in heaven. You need to tell somebody, I made Jesus the Lord of my life today. When you do so, Jesus says, okay, I can mention you before my Father. I can call out your name to him. Glory to God. Now, Father, as we leave this place, we thank you that your grace surrounds us like a shield, follows us wherever we go. We hear your voice. Say that with me. I hear his voice, hear his voice. and the voice of another. Voice. I will not follow. Will not follow. Father, you have given your angels charge over us, our families, our properties, and our goods. You've given us the wonderful name of Jesus to use, and we invoke the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus, and we declare, say that with me, in the name of Jesus, I declare there'll be no tragedy named among any of us. Father, fill us so full of your love as we leave this place today that everywhere we go in our daily lives and every person we come in contact with, your love just oozes out from us and touches and transforms their lives. We give you the praise and thanksgiving for this moment in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.